Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris is here to answer all your questions, whether it's about babies who won't sleep or toddlers who are throwing food at you or maybe smacking you in the face. All of these things can happen, we know, as parents. And Chris not only has a book called Bringing Baby Home, she has also been helping families with a multitude of questions over 30 years. And so she's here to answer your questions now. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So there's a number of ways you can ask your questions. If you're joining us on Facebook Live, you can pop your questions below in the comments section. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we will get back to you next week. We do, Chris, have a lot of questions today. <laughs> okay. So we'll do our best. Pen ready. ready. We may yeah. not get through all of them, but we will do our very best. So let's start with this email from our helpline group that's another way you can pop your questions in on facebook we have a helpline group you can put your questions there uh, alicia says my two-year-old is currently teething and it seems to be worse at night she wakes at some stage between 1 and 4 a.m and won't settle unless she's in bed with me this has unfortunately been going on now for months we have tried rocking to sleep but she doesn't transfer well We've tried Panadol and waiting for it to kick in, laying down next to her and waiting until she falls asleep. This has been getting harder and harder. Putting her back into bed once she has fallen asleep in my bed, again, doesn't transfer, transfer well. Lots of cuddles until she settles. All of these things have worked in the past for her, but as she's getting older and more aware, they are not as effective. I'd love any advice or tips. Thank you. Well, Alicia, um, as a two-year-old, usually teething doesn't bother them and it sounds like this has been going on for a month. So even if she was getting her two-year-old molars, like those last back molars, that wouldn't have taken all of this time. So I think what might have started as teething is now just behaviour. And it also sounds like she's in a bed because you said we tried laying down with her. So we're not sure if she's two and a half to three or two to two and a half. So one might be that she's got out of her cot too early if she's only just two. But if she's older, like two and a half to three, then I think it's, it's looking at just the behaviour around it now and giving her consistency in getting her off to sleep. So she might be still having a day sleep. If she is still having a day sleep, I'd only be giving her one hour maybe from 12.30 to, to 1.30 and putting her to bed at 7.30. So look at your day and make sure you're not setting her up for a fall because she's having two hours sleep in the day. Well, that's going to give her the energy at night to be able to keep going until, um, you know, she gets to where she wants to be, which sounds like your bed. <laughs> but what we then do, so once we've ticked the boxes, she's not teething, uh, and we tick the boxes that we, she's not getting a lot of sleep in the day, but enough for rest if she's over two and a half. Um, then we need to look at the behaviour and it starts from how she goes to sleep in the evening and also in the day if she's still taking that sleep. So making sure we come up with consistency, with reassurance at this age and telling her. So telling her before she goes to bed, mummy's not taking you into her bed tomorrow, tonight. Mummy will come in and give you a cuddle, but you're going to stay in your bed. So set the expectation for her. Don't spring it on her at two o'clock in the morning. So to me, it sounds more like 
behaviour than teething because it's happening in the same window and it results in her going to your bed and that results with her going to sleep. So I think it's more around that. So the next thing we do is give her windows and time to be able to settle herself. So five minutes to settle herself. If she's getting out of the room, if she's in a bed, put a gate on the door so that you can go back to the gate and say, mummy can give you a cuddle when you get back in your bed and you wait for her to get back in the bed and then you go in and you give her a cuddle and a kiss. So it's that reassurance and taking her back to bed, taking her back to bed. Um, so I think where it might have started with teething, it sort of got a little out of control and now we just have to have a plan and stick with it for two to three nights and the whole thing should start resolving itself. Good luck with that, Alicia. This is from Jess. It's an email. She says, I'm a massive fan of the podcast. Thank you for everything the team does. Please note this has a trigger warning for pregnancy loss. Um, I have a 16-month-old girl. She has multiple wake-ups and always wakes at 4.45 a.m. She hasn't slept through the night since she was seven months old. This is our routine. Wakes at 4.45 a.m., usually comes into bed with us and lies quietly rubbing my hand until about 5.15 a.m. when she is fully awake. Then we get up and she has a small snack, usually a banana or pancake. We have another breakfast at 7 a.m., toast or yogurt. From Monday to Thursday, she is at daycare. She usually has a sleep there from 11.30 or 12.30 to 1. About a month ago, she, she transitioned to the older nursery where she sleeps on a floor mat with other children. She's often woken early by noises in the room. She is padded to sleep at daycare. She comes home around 4.30 p.m., dinner at 5.15, bath, bottle of soy formula. She has a dairy intolerance, books in bed by 6.45 p.m. She self-settles to sleep at night with the dummy. She will wake at 10.30 p.m., 2 a.m., then up at 4.45 a.m. We can easily resettle her during the night, but she throws a massive tantrum with her morning wake-up. We have a heater on in the room and check her nappy. When she is home with me, she will have a two- to three-hour nap in the day, but this doesn't change her night sleep patterns. We are following the milk ladder approach, and she has started eating cheese and yogurt. She eats very well. About two months ago, I experienced a late-term pregnancy loss. During this time, she spent some nights sleeping at her grandparents' house. I'm not sure if the experience has affected her sleep. We have tried cried out for a few nights in the past, and that didn't work at all. What should we do? I think this is a difficult one because we have to step slowly um, with all the emotions around losing a baby. And, and, and think of these as little steps that you're going to do when you're ready to do it. And I think this one stems from the fact that her day starts so early. So her day is starting at 4.45. She may lay beside you, but it doesn't sound like she goes back into a deep sleep. She sort of dozes and she's got used to waking at 4.45 or 5.15. So there's that element of it. So if you look at that and you take it right through to 6.45, that's a really long day for her. And I think you're dealing with overall an overtired baby. And then at daycare, which she does three to four days a week, she only has a one-hour sleep and she's padded to sleep. So she's getting these different messages about being put down and reassurance and then someone pats me to sleep. I have to say... For a 16-month, it's very young to be expecting her to sleep on a mattress. So you might even ask the daycare to put her back in a cot because she's only having a one-hour sleep and she has such a long day. I think this isn't helping your overall problem. 
And then when you have a, she oversleeps, she goes the other way and she has these massive big sleeps. So for her age, she should go to bed around the 12 o'clock mark, sleep to around the two o'clock mark, maybe at daycare, you know, she might only do an hour to an hour and a quarter. Um, but I'd probably be putting her to bed at 6.30 to try and catch up some of that overtiredness. So her day is about 13 hours long with the sleep in the middle and hers is about 12, 13, 14, 14 hours long. So I think overall she's a bit of an overtired bubba. So then we have to teach her to settle and give her that reassurance. So when you're ready and you feel up to it, it's starting to resettle her in the bed, even if you lay on the floor. And I don't often say this, but I think I'm what I'm coming from is taking the steps that she knows being in bed with you and trying to apply them in her cot. So maybe even if your partner could go in and lay on the floor and give her that reassurance and just reset her mind to sleeping in the cot. But I think the key to this is she needs to be in bed at 6.30 to try and catch some of that sleep back up after her long days. And then once she can get her to accept you laying on the floor in her bedroom or laying on a mattress in her room, um, then I think we're going to get the extension from the 4.15 onwards because you can just reassure her until, say, 6, and then she's up and you start the day at that point. So I think this one is steps and it might pay to do the first two steps and then ring us back or contact us back about then the trick on self-settling because there's so much that you're going through at the moment. I think give everyone a break and just slowly start into it and then get back to us where you feel a bit stronger and we teach her to settle. I would also be asking daycare to stop patting her to sleep. If she's not mature enough to lay on that on the mat, on the floor, then she needs to go back in the cot room because they'll be patting and then you're going to be trying to self-settle her. So I know it's a difficult conversation, but in this case, I think there's got to be a time frame where everybody's doing the same thing. So um, if that works for you, I'd contact us back again about the actual act of settling her once you've got to the point where she'll accept you in the room. All right. Thank you, Chris. And good luck with that, Jess. It sounds like there is a lot going on and we hope you're okay. This question comes from Renee. Um, she says, we started toilet training my son at two and a half years old and it was not by my choice, not by choice, sorry. My son refuses to wear a nappy and takes it off, wanting to wear his underpants. We started very slowly. He only wore his underpants for a full day on weekends and went to childcare with a nappy. But then stage four lockdown started. He's now two years and seven months. So we decided to start toilet training more seriously. The first week, it looked like he was making progress, running to the loo for a wee at times and made a poo by himself maybe three times. But then week two, accident after accident. Sweet treats do not work either. Today, for the first time, he is in a nappy because I just got fed up with the accidents. I would like your opinion if stopping was a bad decision or not. What should we do in this scenario? I think the stopping was a good thing to do because he wasn't coping with what's going on. And I think what we're going to do is give him a week of a break and then we're going to reset everything back again. And this is going to take you about three weeks. But if you hold on, he'll probably get it. So what's happening is he, he's not distinguishing between the underwear and the nappy. It's, it's too confusing. So over we're going to give him one week in nappies 
and no undies at all. So even if he runs around naked, he's not going to put the undies on because I think he's getting confused. After the week, I want you to start toileting him just before the bath. So as you're standing there and the bath's filling, he tries for a wee on the toilet, okay? That's that week. And what we're doing is resetting his mind to understand what his body feels like in order to do it. Week two, we're going to toilet time him. So good time to use pull-ups and not nappies. So pull-ups, because um, that's that up-down of the underwear. And you're going to suggest four or five times in the day, let's try for a wee, say just after breakfast, mid-morning, lunch, mid-afternoon, and with the bath. We're going to the park let's try for a wee before we go to the park. And now what you're trying to do is get the timing right for him, okay? So lots of clapping of the hands, no bribery, no corruption. It does not work with toileting. So you'll get the initial, oh, yes, I want the red frog, but then when he has to do it on his own, he can't do it. The third week, we're going to do toilet training. And toilet training, the language is different. So he wears his little undies and the T-shirt, and you say, tell mummy when you need to go for a wee. So if he does the wee-wee dance, which is the jumping from foot to foot, you say, let's go and try for that wee and see if he starts initiating again. And then from there, you're away and you should stay in that mode. So I know it's hard when you get, once you're into the underwear, we usually go forward with the underwear from then on. I think he's just got a bit confused between nappies and underwear. So give yourself a break and move forward. And I think you're going to get it this next time when you take a slower approach. And good luck doing it in lockdown. Silver lining, yeah. is that a silver lining of lockdown? It is, it is a silver <laughs> lining because he can only play in his backyard. It's not like I can teach him to get in the car and daycare and all that. So... It is a silver lining. Okay. Well, good luck, Renee. This one is from our Facebook Live and uh, Nita or Neda, apologies if I pronounce that wrong, says, hi, Chris, how do I get my seven and a half month old to stop waking up that second time at night? He's on a 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. cycle, three solid feeds a day, two naps, half an hour at 9.30 and two hours at 12, 20, one o'clock, four breastfeeds during the day, bedtime is at seven. He wakes around 12 to 1 a.m. for breastfeed, but then wakes again at 3 to 4 a.m. And I have to resettle him, give him a dummy. He often settles quickly. How do I get him to stop waking that second time? Um, I think he's a bit overtired when he goes to bed because he only has 30 minutes in the morning and then two hours at 12 o'clock. So he, he must be up at 2. So from 2 to 7 is quite a long time for him to go. So you've got to look at... Um, the aspect of that length of time being that he's probably not feeding well before he goes to bed. So therefore he might be waking because he's hungry because he was overtired taking the feed before he goes to bed. So uh, I'd look at the day structure and see if we can, depending on how long he stays awake, we, we're not told um, how to push it out. And then the first wake up overnight, I'd resettle him and do that for a few nights, that should help him push through the first wake-up and then feed him on the second wake-up. And that usually pushes it through to one wake-up overnight. I love it. I love how you just see straight through it. And there yeah. you are, solution. <laughs> uh, this question comes from Shelby from our Facebook 
inbox. She says, hi, Chris, my baby girl will be three weeks old this Wednesday. I'm wondering if it's okay for me to breastfeed during the day and supplement with formula during the night. I'm exhausted from lack of sleep and not able to provide enough breast milk to satisfy a good rest during the night, two to three hours at most. She's feeding every three hours, day, night, and taking 30 to 40 mils of express milk as a top up after every feed. I'm having to express after each feed to get the top-up supply as that's all I can produce. By the time I finish feeding and top-up feed, I then have to express for the next feed. It only leaves me an hour to rest in between. This is very exhausting as it takes up so much time. So I'm wondering if using some formula at night might help me to get more rest. I think this is a really difficult one because the adjustment to a new baby you know, is really big, as you remember. And I would say a three-week-old baby should be feeding every three hours, day and night. So sometimes it's also the expectation of what's going on. But the fact that you have to feed and then express and then top up is quite difficult. So as a three-week-old baby, I wouldn't be using formula at night and breast in the day because it will interfere with your supply and you won't produce enough And then the baby could also wean onto the bottle. So we need to get a clear plan of what it is that you'd like to do with your feeding. And I think this is down to support. So, you know, is your family able to help you out a little bit and give you some support? But more than anything, I'd probably go to your local early childhood centre or your um, uh, the equivalent in other states and find the local breastfeeding clinic and get them to reassess your feeding and make sure you're feeding well. So most areas, suburbs, do run a breastfeeding clinic, and I think this is where you need to start. But I do need you to understand that a three-week-old baby feeds as many times at night as it does in the day, so it is completely normal to feed... Um, they don't extend their night sleep until they're closer to six, seven or eight weeks old. And that extend just means four hourly or more. So I think it's that expectation part. And I think it's the support part, especially if this is your first little one. But more, my instinct tells me you need to go back to the breastfeeding clinic and have your feeding assessed again. Okay, good luck, Shelby. It, it doesn't happen quickly but it does happen that you get more sleep I promise Um, this is an email from Belinda she says I have a four and a half month old baby who I am struggling to get three decent sleeps from during the day and therefore they're waking three or four times during the night how do I get him to stay asleep during the day once he is asleep would like him to sleep for about one and a half possibly two to three one and a half hours possibly two to three times during the day hoping this helps improve his sleep during the night. Yeah. So I think you've just hit that stage where babies are much more alert, much more aware of what we're doing, and um, there's a place to resettle a baby. Now, I would concentrate on two sleeps in the day just to begin with, one in the morning window, one in the afternoon that you're trying to extend out to that hour and a half window. And it's all about the cues that the baby gets to go to sleep and using those as a resettle to get him to go back to sleep. But across this period from four to five months old, babies are so alert and so aware of us. It's like they're connected to us. So when we come in the room, they often give a big smile 
and we don't think they need to be resettled. But if we get them up 10 minutes later, they're crying because they're still tired. So this is about resettling. So depending on how you get him to sleep, if I heard him after 40 minutes, I'd, give it a, I'd use my pause button for a minute and just get a sense as to whether that crying is going to escalate or is it going to soften. So this might take a minute or two minutes. And if it's escalating, I'm going in there and then I'm trying to settle him in his bed for a good three, four, five minutes. So this is, this is the first part of time and patience, time and patience with children, and, and doing that resettling. And if it's not working, picking up, giving a cuddle, calming him right down, and then attempting it again. I would also make sure that I'm giving myself enough time for him to learn. So a good 20 minutes, I'd probably be reassuring down, up, reassuring down and up till he can link those two cycles together. So um, depending on what his cues are, so if you're feeding to sleep, this is going to be more difficult. Um, so being aware that it goes down awake and then you help him go to sleep is certainly going to help him link the cycles together. Our next question comes from Chris on email. Chris says, thank you for all your wonderful advice. Our 19-month-old boy has previously been a pretty good sleeper regarding self-settling at night. After dinner and a play, we read books, then we put him down in his cot with his soft bunny, turn off the light, close the door, and most nights he settles himself to sleep within 15 minutes. However, for the last week, he has become... Sorry. However, for the last week, he has been upset when we put him in his cot and has taken over an hour to get him to sleep, requiring, requiring one of us in the room the whole time patting or singing him, singing to him. A few things have happened recently that could be impacting this. We weaned him off his bottle, nighttime bottle about a week ago. He has no bottles now. He had a big development leap, resulting in lots of meltdowns over normal day-to-day -day activities, and he had a bad bath experience him experience we bath him every second night this has gone from a lovely fun bonding experience to a stressful time for all of us yesterday we decided to reduce his nap from one and a half hours which is how long he sleeps naturally to one hour to try and improve the nighttime settling he was definitely much more tired in the evening but still took 45 minutes to settle with us in the room with him my question is, are we on the right track reducing the day sleep and what steps can we use to help him get back to, to be able to self-settle? Is there something else we could add to our nighttime routine to replace the lovely relaxing time when he would previously have had drinking his bottle lying quietly on our lap? We now spend a little longer reading books. Alternatively, should we just write it out and hope for the best? We are in stage four lockdown in Melbourne. So after a long day, I really miss my relaxing evenings. Um, so the daily routine is awake at 7, yep. breakfast at 7.30, <clears throat> 10 a.m. snack, 12 p.m. nap, which is normally for one and a half hours, 2 to 3 p.m. He has lunch, but he won't eat before then. 4 p.m. snack, 5.30 p.m. dinner, 6.40 p.m. bath, 7 p.m. bed. Okay. Um, I think he needs more sleep in the day. So that's a bit of sad news because they're <laughs> very overtired by the time he gets to the end of the day. Um, I think for his age at 19 months, so up, he has his breakfast snack at 10 o'clock. I'd bring that snack back to 9.30 and I'd be giving him lunch before he goes down to, to bed. So I'd give him lunch at 12. So if he won't eat lunch, then drop that snack at 10 
and give him lunch at 11.30 to 12. So he has a nice big meal in him with a little bit of milk in a cup. Uh, put him down at 12.30. I'd be letting him sleep up till 2.30 and then putting him down at 7.30. So if you, the best you can get is to 2, then I would put him down at 7. So if we give him his lunch before he goes to bed, he'll have a snack at 2 and then dinner at 5. That 4 o'clock snack is too close to the 5 o'clock. I think that's where he's getting whingy and tired. So let's, let's sort of arrange that and then... Um, you know, bath at six, if you can get him back in the bath, but a bath or a shower at six, stories at 6.30, couple of stories, um, and then putting down. So I think there might be too much dragging out in that evening and obviously he's missing his milk. So while you're reading the stories, maybe some milk in his sippy cup, about 50 mils, might just give him back that milk, but not in a bottle. So I think you're right by weaning the bottle off and then putting him down. Now, everything else from there is probably, you know, that what he remembers around the way you're settling him. So once I've got that into place, so I'd be giving lunch earlier to extend his day sleep, then um, I would just use a very gentle weight, go in, laying down, pat, pat, pat. So he's, what, 19 months? So I'd probably let him go for three, five minutes, then laying down, pat, 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 then leave, then maybe five, six minutes and so forth and so on to help him resettle. And doing three or four nights of that should just turn this behaviour around and get the momentum of him going back to sleep in his cot and the lengthening of the sleep. And more time in the evenings and for more you. more time in the evenings. I think he's overtired when you put him down and that's why he's taking so long to go to sleep. Okay. We um, are coming to the end of our time with you, but I'm thinking I might be able to squeeze in two more questions. Sure. This one comes from Akna on our Facebook Live. Um, they say, I have a seven-week-old who we place in a sleeping bag and carry with light patting to get him to sleep and then place him in his cot. Though this works relatively well at night where he's able to sleep for four to six hours, he naps for barely 20 to 30 minutes during the day before he's up again. I then need to pick him up yet again and will then need to sit with him in my lap for another hour or two while he finishes his nap or will find that the power nap was enough and then he doesn't sleep again. We stick to a feed play sleep cycle roughly every three to four hours. How can I improve his day sleeps? I think this is... A little bit. He's only seven weeks old. He's a tiny baby. So in terms of what you're using as a sleeping bag, a sleeping bag to me is where their arms are free. And as a seven-week-old, seven it's probably those arms free that are causing the problem. So you could maybe use a sleep sack where his arms are in um, and kept to his body so that when he wakes up at 20 minutes and he's in his bed, um, I put my hand on him and gently rock him and ease him back to sleep. So that's one thing. Is he in a sleeping bag or is he in a sleep sack? You know, a swaddle, that type of thing. Second thing is he's been rocked to sleep. So when he wakes up, he wants to be rocked back to sleep. So we probably need to start putting him down in his bed to go to sleep. So hopefully his arms are in the sleep sack and you put him down in his bed where his eyes are awake, even if he's sleepy, and then put your hand on him and body rock him or maybe pat his shoulder 
and help him to go to sleep in the cot. And this is going to help you extend his sleep because when he wakes up after 20 minutes, he doesn't know how to go back to sleep unless you hold him. So it's about this age where we're going to pop him down, put our hands on him, do some body rocking, maybe some gentle padding. If it gets worked up, pick him up, give him a cuddle and then put him down. And that's going to help him link those cycles together. Okay, I am. Oh, wait, there's an extra here. He's, uh, they say his arms are in the sleeping bag. Oh, so he's in a sleep swaddle. Yeah, he yeah. must be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have, I'm going to squeeze in one final question. Yeah. This is from Erica from our helpline group. She says, hi, Chris, my 14-month-old daughter is more than often waking around 4.45 to 5 a.m. She's alert and ready to start the day. I transitioned her to one day sleep recently to see if it would help. She's a really good day sleeper. I often need to wake her, sleeping between 11.30 and 2.30, or if she rises early, we do two naps. Bed is 7 till 7.30 p.m. My question is, should I reduce her day sleep? Is three hours too much what's recommended for her age aiming for her to wake at 6 a.m thank you um i don't think her day sleep is why she's doing the 4:45. but i think what we could do is she's sleeping extremely well in the day probably because she's waking at 4:45. so going down at 11:30 is right i'd probably get her up at two and then put her down between seven and 7:30, depending on how she copes that might help but I suspect it's just she's been doing it for a while and she's used to doing it. So some gentle resettling at that 4.45 with the, the premises that you're not going to get her out of bed till 6 um, and start the day at 6. Not that you're not going to get her out of bed, but you're not going to start the day till 6. Should help her pull this together. So 14 months, I'd let her whinge and cry until got to active crime and go in. It's dark at 4.45. So for her to get out of bed and think it's the start of the day, someone's got her out of the bed to do that. So she needs the message that it's back to bed. So laying her down, pat, 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 leaving, give her a little bit longer and re repeating that should help you get her through to six and she'd still go to bed at 11.30, up at two, down at 7, 7.30. So I think this is, you could shorten it a little bit, but I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is what's happening at 4.45 in the morning. She just needs to learn to go back to sleep. So some gentle resettling should do it. And hopefully she won't just sleep an extra 15 minutes. <laughs> After all that work. Exactly. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for your questions, however you got them to us. Um, look, I have to say, though, that Sleep School has been such a huge hit. Um, you may have heard of Sleep School, Babyology Sleep School, where you can book a one-on-one -on -one appointment with Chris or another of our experts. Now, it's been so successful that we are expanding it to cover all the different kinds of challenges parents can face. So we've got experts who can talk about breastfeeding, introducing solids, toddler behavioural challenges. I know Chris can answer all these questions anyway, but this is very specific. And if you feel like you would like some one-on-one -on -one help, um, anything you need guidance with, basically, we have the person to help you. All you have to do is jump online, choose the expert and the time that suits you. And as I mentioned, Chris is one of our experts, but we have others as well. And there will be links to Parent School in the notes of this Facebook episode or if you're listening to us 
on the podcast. They'll be in the podcast notes. Chris, thank you once again for your time and I will see you all next week. Take care. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.